Let's go. What's up, everybody? It's Sarkhan Speaks, Jared and Bob. We're live watching the uh, the PGA Championship. It's Sunday night. It's the final round. Mito Pereira just hit his tee shot on 18 into the hazard. So uh, <clears throat> he's got a one-shot lead. So he's got a over... one-shot lead over Thomas and Zalatoris. Zalatoris is probably going to make bogey, which will leave just Justin Thomas. The only problem with Pereira is where he went in the hazard. I believe he does not have a clear shot to the green. So that's good. This is what we need. <clears throat> we, can't, we can't have it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's wet. Yeah. I'm wet. <laughs> so uh, Justin Thomas had... A oh yeah, they just show the replay. He's right, he's in the in the creek, right in the creek. Um, so Justin Thomas hit a perfect tee shot on 18, did exactly what he said he was gonna do right before, like they they had his audio, and he's like, Oh, I'll just keep it low and sweep it in. It's exactly what he did. It was perfect, beautiful, has like 169 yards into the pin for his second shot on 18, absolutely pipes it goes about i think it was the final count was 10 feet 10 inches uh past the cup and he's got a 10 foot 10 10 inch putt for birdie and to tie the lead and he missed it by about two inches and hits his par putt and went in the clubhouse with a 67 sitting at five back uh one behind mito and then on 17, on the 17 green, uh, Mito Pereira has a, I don't know, maybe like a 13 footer for birdie. Wait, and did Zalatoris just hit that putt? Zalatoris, he might have just parred that hole after punching out. Okay. All right. Holy shit. So that means. Oh, he did. Wow. So he's going to stay at five. Yeah. I could have, I, dude, I thought he was going to bogey that. That guy can't putt. And he just hit like a fucking. <clears throat> Way outside, whatever. Obviously, it's outside of what Cam Young's putting from right now, and he looks like he's putting from seven feet. Yeah. Are you? Um, oh, sorry. Um, so Mito Pereira had the had like a 13, 14 foot putt uh, for birdie to go up to go to seven under, which would have it would have sealed it. It would have pretty basically gave him the win. And he hits the putt, and it literally stops on the edge of the cup, and it doesn't go in. And then he taps in for par. So that was like, wow, that's a big, that's a big missed putt. Uh, so then we have that. And then right when we hit the record button was the uh, dramatics off the tee when he hit it into the crick. And now he's going to be what hitting three. So yeah, he'll be hitting three. And I don't think he can, I don't Get think it he on has the a clear green. shot. I don't think he has a clear shot. He'd have yeah. to hit some massive slice. Yeah. This is good. And then Willie Z made par. JT's on the range. They're like letting him know. Kyle Porter, who covers golf for CBS, said walking with someone who saw Mito off the tee on 18 and it said it, it looked like he got electrocuted at impact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. What the hell kind of follow through was that? That they is just like. Dude, that's like the punch cut. Like he just yeah. hits that like low punch cut, whatever. And it cut way too much. No, it's just too much gas. 
He should have hit three wood. God. So he's got a little bit of a better shot than I thought, but it's going to require a massive slice. Cam Young just did it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he went a little long off the back, though, right? Uh, no. He hit it to like eight feet and made the putt. No. I don't know what he did. Sorry. Because <clears throat> Cam Young didn't, didn't go in. Yeah. He's, uh, him and Willie Z. All right. So JT's on the range while this is all unfolds here. Uh, I played golf this morning. Uh, did you, did you get out today? Uh, I, no. I went and practiced. I got out, uh, I got a 7.50 tee time at, um, at Heather Hill. And I played absolutely terrible. And it was, I'm going to say, mostly because of, uh, I was furious for most of the round because I got stuck behind. So I was a single. I went out as a single in a cart to play 18. And I got stuck behind four kids that were like, somewhere between like 19 and 22 and they were just fucking assholes. Like they weren't good, which I'm not good either, but still like they weren't good and they were hitting it all over the place, like hitting it like 30 yards off the tee going up again, hitting the second one in the woods, dropping a third one, hitting the next one, 75 yards going, you know what I mean? Like just sucking. And then they're like fucking around the whole time like chasing geese. They're like chasing geese in the golf cart. They're like yelling and shit. And like at the, from the third hole on from the third hole until the ninth hole, uh, Pereira just hit a shot. Oh, Let's done. see. He's done. Uh, yep. That's over, over the back left of the green. All right. So he's in the thick stuff. Yeah. He uh, so to, he has to hold that out to win. Yeah. He has to get up and down to make the playoff. Yeah. So from the third hole to the ninth hole, I'm stuck behind these guys. And oh, I'm sorry, from the third hole to the ninth hole, I'm literally right on them at the tee box, meaning like, like the four of them are on like teeing off and my cart is parked right behind theirs. Do you think at any point on the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth holes, they're like, Hey man, you want to play through? Cause you're a single. No, no. The answer was no. So the amount of time I was just waiting was just absolutely infuriating. And then I was pissed that they wouldn't let me, uh, they just wouldn't let me play through. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I was all fucked up on the, on the front nine. Um, just cause I was, I was mad. Like I, I wasn't focused on like playing like a good game. I was like, get these fucking guys out of the way. Um, and I was all over the place and I, I, I made a, a few really good shots. Uh, my putting was actually on point. I think I had a stretch. Let me see if I can pull it up really quick. Um, I think it was either three or four holes in a row where I had one putts. Um, let me see three. So I had three holes in a row where I had one putts, um, on the front nine. So I made 16 putts total uh, on the front. So my putting and my chipping was great. Like I was, I was chipping on, giving myself like, you know, 10 feet or less um, for most putts. 
And obviously three of them went down in one and then a bunch of them went down in two. Um, all in all, like fine, right? Like I'm still kind of adjusting to my clubs being a little bit longer. Um, I got on the tee. So have you ever played the North course at Heather Hill? It starts out with a par three. So the, I, it was a par three, like, I forget what it was, like somewhere around 140. So I grab eight iron and I absolutely blow the eight iron over the back of the green. And I'm like, fuck. And then I couldn't find it because it's all fescue. And I'm like, all right, well, now I got to just fucking drop one over here and then chip it on. And then I three putted that for whatever it was, six. So I, I made a six on the first hole, which wasn't great. But then like after that, like everything was, everything was, you know, basically hunky dory until the third hole when I caught those assholes on the tee box and they wouldn't let me play through. Um, and then it was just chaos. So then I, uh, I jumped. So for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Heather Hill country club, shout out to Heather Hill in Plainville, Massachusetts, they have 27 holes. Um, so typically the North course, what they try and do is use that for people that are only playing nine and then the middle and the South, um, are their 18 hole course. Uh, so I played the North to start. I like the North better. I was going to play 18 North middle. Um, cause sometimes people do that too. And I will pause because Pereira is about to hit his chip shot. And went long over the back. He's going to degreen himself. Well, you got to be on the green to degreen yourself. He went. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was awful. Well, it looks like it's going to be a playoff between uh, JT and Willie Z. So I wonder what the format is. It might be three holes. Uh, so <clears throat> I get through the whole the first nine, and then I go fuck this because they pull up to the tee box for the middle. The, the first tee on the middle. And I go, I'm not fucking playing behind these dickheads anymore. So I scoot over to the South course and no one's there. Um, well, there's three guys there, but they're just kind of chilling. And I talk to them like, Hey, what's up guys? Like, what are you doing? I just came from the North. Like, are you starting? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're just starting whatever. And they're like, you can just tee off and just go and play ahead of us. So I did that. Um, and then obviously I topped the fucking tee shot. And it went about 87 yards uh, on an upslope. So I hit six iron and I absolutely nuke a six iron uh, and then had like whatever, 75 yards into the green. And then, you know, I get on, get out, get out of there and then move on and start playing. And I joined up with these other guys a couple holes later. Um, but like they actually did what you're supposed to do, right? Like there were two guys playing in a cart that I caught maybe uh, like three or four holes in on the back. And they were like, Hey man, like, well, we would let you play through, but like, there's a group of three in front of us and there's a group of four in front of them. So do you want to just join us? So I was like, yeah, sure. So I joined them. And then we played, we finished out the round, like the second half of, uh, of the South course together. But like, I've told them about the, uh, the kids that were on the North course. And they were like, dude, fuck that. They were like, we would have just left. <laughs> They're like, we would have pulled in and said, fuck it. We're only playing nine. Um, so the back, I played a little bit better. Um, my putting wasn't as good on the back, um, but I wasn't 
as all over the place, which who knew? Um, I don't get frustrated and start getting mad. And then I actually play a little bit better. So I shot a 94, I think it was. So fine, right? It's like probably what I should be at right now, I think. Like, I don't think I'm, I mean, I'm certainly capable of breaking 90, but like it, that's, that's not a, I got to go out and play like great and play great to break 90. So I'll take a 94. I had a shitty front nine and a better back nine. Um, but it's funny that like during the round, I would notice like, oh, this whole mental golf shit, like actually kind of checks out. Cause that's like the whole thing. Like we did, uh, what's it called? It's mental golf type, the mental golf type. So basically it's the, uh, Myers Briggs personality test. Right. And they just apply it to golf. Yeah. I mean, so the, you can do an assessment for free. So you answer a bunch of questions and then you punch in your email and then they just like email market the fuck out of you. Yeah. Um, but the info they give you is they tell you what personality traits you have, how that relates to golf. They tell you kind of like, here's what you are. And then when you're playing poorly, this is what happens. So they give you access to almost like nothing, but you know, they kind of go through what the program is all that shit. And then they'll tell if you're um, introverted or extroverted, they will give you like a, like a video or two and the videos are short kind of going through some of that stuff and whatever. And it's a fucking genius marketing thing because they give you just enough where I'm sitting there and I'm like, fuck, I should pull the trigger. <laughs> so I did, I, I went through the whole course and it's, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. The mental golf stuff. And for like a buck 50, being able to go through like a whole thing like that, as opposed to like working with a doctor lady or something, like, yeah. <laughs> it's way better. Fuck. That's so Pereira just dropped down to minus four. Yeah, he doubled that whole doubled 18. Really fucking pissed that away. Yeah. All right. We got Willie Z and Jeff. Oh, dude, you have both of these guys. I'm guaranteed a win. <laughs> you got a cigar. It's a cigar playoff. You can't yeah. lose. Yeah. Let's Do go. I go in? Do I have to go in and take Willie Z? Well, JT's going to win because he was 14 to one and Zalatoris was 35 to one. So there's no way I'm going to win with a better odds guy. So I might have to do some quick math. I, uh, I played 36 on Friday. Oh, wow. How'd that go? Shot 78 in the first 18. Do you want to guess what I shot in the second 18? Uh, 89. 86. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, a little, it was a little gross too. But So was that middle nine good? Or like, what was your best nine? The first nine? Oh, oh uh, 36. Sorry, yeah, sorry. 36. I, th I thought you uh, was 27. I just assumed it was 27. No, the best nine was probably the uh, it was probably the middle nine. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think I went 39, 38, 41, 45. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if you could if you could tell, I felt good. Like I felt good. 
I think I mentally ran out of gas. Well, yeah, you played 36 holes in one day. Was it straight through, like 36 straight? Uh, I played 18, took an hour, ate some food, and went back out for 18. Okay, so basically, yeah, it was. It walked the whole thing. You walked too? Holy (laughs) fuck. Jesus Christ. I mean, Sharon's not the most walkable. I mean, it's walkable for sure, but like, it's not the most walkable or walk-friendly course. Didn't hit me until I got to the car. Yeah. Yeah. How were your knees yesterday? I felt okay. So actually it was like the, the, uh, origin of my right hamstring was just like, fuck (laughs) your right ass cheek. (laughs) Right, right below, right in the. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that, that fucking, that sucked. You know what? I don't think I'm going to be able to jump on this live. Yeah, I mean, I, they, I, they probably took it off. They probably pulled it. I don't think it makes sense. I don't know what, like the odds for someone in a playoff, it would be like, no, it'd be like plus 110, plus 150 or something. Yeah. Or like minus 110, whatever. But Zalatoris is going to be the dog. So I was just going to throw enough on it to win no matter what. Right. Right. So I need a cigar. Cigar game. That's I also I, hit. Uh, I hit Matt Fitzpatrick in the top five. That was close. Yeah, it was very close. He wanted to give that away. Yeah. So I hit. I had a great a great weekend. Uh, so I hit Matt Fitzpatrick in top five. That was eight and a half to one. Um, I hit Cam Young top twenty, and then I'm either gonna hit Will Zalatoris at thirty five to one or JT at fourteen to one. Yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah. Cam Young was uh, three to one at top 20. I had Shoffley and Neiman top 10, but they both uh, fucking suck dick. So Shoffley got just close enough to not crack the top 10. He finished even on the round and uh, one under would have been T9. So that's awesome. (laughs) Hey, can't win them all, right? Fucking Chris Healy wasn't even watching that shit. Oh, really? Fucking loser. (laughs) Yeah, no, honestly. So this time with the PGA, because I don't like. So for the Masters, I had a ton of picks. But that's because I went to Rhode Island. I had some picks on DraftKings. Like, I don't like to just use up my entire offshore account on golf bets because the likelihood of me hitting a golf bet on a major versus any other week is really not different. No. So why would I pick more players? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the PGA. And actually, so like next week's colonial, we have information about colonial. We have history at colonial. Like we have stuff. We yeah. know nothing about the majors. Right. So it actually makes less sense to have a higher liability. It's, it's like the Super Bowl, Like, where yeah. people are like, oh, you know what? It's Super Bowl. I'm going to bet 200 bucks. And it's like, the Super Bowl is the hardest game to bet. Right. right. We have an entire season of lines and line movement, whatever. That is the sharpest line of the year. Yeah. But week eight, Bengals, fucking Jaguars, you might be able to find something. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. They're carting them off. 
Yeah, they got to play 13, 17, 18. I think eight, I'm sorry, I think 17 is drivable. It's a three hole. It's, so it's a three hole aggregate. They're playing three holes. I don't know what 13 is, but it works in the, in the route. Um, 17 is drivable. Right. 18 is a bitch. Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch out. <laughs> but we'll see because if one of those guys is ahead, then they can just pull three wood, pull it back, hit a big flare to the center of the green, two putt, and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But who knows? Willie Z, man. You know what's funny too? So if he loses this playoff, I think I'm gonna immediately fire US Open. Okay. It. Yeah. Um, if he wins, I will not because that's winning two majors in a season. Yeah. <laughs> no one can do that. <laughs> it's extremely <laughs> unlikely. Yeah. Um, but he is a ball striking machine. And I think the greens at the country club are going to be so dialed up that it doesn't, it's going to neutralize putting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But I mean, here it is at the end, right? Do we talk about this in, in one of the previous episodes too, where typically like the guys that win the P was it the PGA? They're like, kind of like a someone, right? Like they're not, they yeah, don't so come I, out I of nowhere. Back, I ran back and it was generally good players have won. Right. Jimmy Walker in 2016. And then going back depending on where you considered the duff daddy until you got to uh keegan bradley yeah but like not for nothing like even but like so even i think jimmy walker's a loser but even jimmy walker duffner and keegan bradley like they've all won like five times on yeah i don't think keegan bradley is a total bum like he's won a few he's won multiple times on tour yeah he probably has like four five wins but he won he won a couple early so he won like the bridgestone yeah and he won the pga like in his rookie and second year or something so he won a couple big ones early he's also pissed some away too but he's also gotten a little bit better like he kind of almost went into like a late 20s lull yeah oh he won the pga as a rookie yeah 2011 yeah he has four wins on tour yeah, and I mean, he hits the ball plenty far. I'm sure he's pretty good with his irons. JT might have just fucking... He might have be blocked out. Where the fuck is the green? Oh, okay, no, we're not. He's good. <laughs> yeah, his, his wins were the Byron Nelson, the PGA, then the Bridgestone, then the BMW. Oh, okay, so he actually won the Byron Nelson as a rookie, won the PGA as a rookie, and then won the 2012 Bridgestone. Yeah. Yep. I mean, won, won you were right times. about the Bridgestone. <laughs> he just had the year off. I said in his first two, because I didn't mm. think he won. Because the Bridgestone, because if he was to win the Bridgestone in 2011, it would have been back-to-back weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, they used to play the Bridgestone the week before. They used to be a brutal stretch. Or I, I guess not a brutal stretch, but you, they used to go over to fucking England or whatever uk they play the open championship come back it would be a joke of an event and then it would be the bridgestone and the pga it would be like the john deere isn't the john deere after the open i think it's the week before because if you win the john deere you can get in 
It might have oh, been okay. like the Canadian, the RBC Canadian or something. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to our Canadian listeners up north. <laughs> oh, he lost the he lost a playoff at the Northern Trust in 2012 too. So he had a pretty good uh pretty good first two years on tour. Yeah. Three wins and one playoff loss. Yep. But we'll see. With you know, see how this shakes out. US Open's gonna be like almost like the same handicap. It's like yeah, you're almost probably looking at honestly like same dudes. Because like how, how like, dude, so how bad like how different is it really gonna be? What did everyone say all week? It was off the tee, around the green, approach. Right. Like, and then I, I'm not familiar with the layout of the country club, but is it also kind of like hilly? Not like, not like a big. Not I'm not talking like Donald Ross, but I mean like you know how like here like the fairways like undulate and you got some like weird lies and shit. Um, I don't know. Never been. Yeah. I, I, know, to, I honestly know nothing about the country club. I tried to qualify other than it's in Brookline. <laughs> the, mass, the mass am that was there that year. Didn't get through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, other than that, I've never played. Plus the, they play a composite course. So the country club has 27 holes. There's oh. the, there's the Clyde and squirrel. And then there's the prim, the primrose, the primrose is nine. And they use a mix of the 27 to get their composite course. So oh. they're going to have a, they're going to have a hole that they haven't used since 1913 when Francis were met one. And <laughs> he, Christ. well, everyone remembers that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be like 130 yards, but it's surrounded by bunkers. And I, I think it's like landing the ball on a fucking Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> so like it's just a fucking crown like that's all it is so obviously it's not that severe because they say that about pinehurst too but like uh, you gotta you can land the ball whatever yeah dinner, yeah dinner plates a little more right like an upside down dinner plate yeah yeah that's yeah it's a little more appropriate but yeah it's gonna be interesting right i'm i'm excited i mean we'll be there on saturday so yeah but yeah, I'm, I kind of want to take Willie Z if he loses. Actually, I might just fire either guy if they lose. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad bet. Yeah. The only thing that'll be interesting, well, I don't know, maybe, no, because I was going to say, so we got Zalatoris at 35 to 1 for this, right? So what I was going to say was his odds won't be that long, but maybe. Like he, I mean, he may be in the twenties, but I don't think he's going to be one of the favorites. Well, give me a second. I'll just pull it up on Adread. Mybookie.com. <laughs> you go over to mybookie.com and use the promo code SarcasmPod uh, when you sign up, and they'll double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. So, yeah, that's right. You pull it up now, but the, like, because I'm thinking there's there's too many there's too many other guys, right? Like there's Scheffler, Rom. Shoffley, Rory, JT, like all of those guys are going to be ahead of Zalatoris. So like, 
you might not be able to get Zalatoris at 35 to one for the U S open, but you might be able to get him in the twenties. Should I take him at 35 to one right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I, 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 no, honestly, I only want him if he loses this yeah. playoff. Yeah. Uh, also, I guess while we're doing it, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick did win the USAM at the country club in 2013. And I don't know if he still is, but at one point he was the leader on the PGA tour in total strokes gained. Yes. I believe he still is. And yeah. he had a good week this week too. He yeah. He finished good. five. I hit him. I hit the top five bet eight, eight plus eight fifty. <laughs> Won't say no more. Matt Fitzpatrick, 38 to one going in. Fuck. Do I really want to take him to win? I might be a huge bitch and just do another top five bet. <laughs> Cause I also, I just don't trust Matt Fitzpatrick to actually win. Wow. Look at that golf tan, huh? Is it better than mine? No, look at on me on the screen. Oh, <laughs> that's from today. <laughs> yeah. I got fucking toasted this morning. You didn't have a sea breeze. Yeah. Well, the front, the front was fine. I, I teed off at seven 40. So I was fine, but the back nine, I got, uh, I got a little cooked, but huh, it'll turn into a tan. And, uh, yeah, it, it does. It will. I would love to hear this Mito interview right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I, what I did wrong. Uh, that was a really bad, that was more Asian. He is Chilean, not fucking yeah, whatever not the Asian. Fuck you were going with. Hero. <laughs> yeah, he's not Asian. My name is Amito. <laughs> Chilean. He's from Santiago, Chile. Who's been to Santiago, Chile twice? <laughs> it's funny because you think they're Spanish, but when I was listening to uh, Joaquin Neiman on the interview earlier, he sounded more French. So I don't know if like Chile has a, a French influence in their Spanish or what. Oh, someone. No, that's a replay. Oh, okay. All right. I was like, oh no, Some, yeah, someone just went in the fucking creek. That was still him. Nope, still him. <laughs> still this piece of shit. <laughs> so did, ah, fuck, I miss Zalatoris. It looks like he laid up too. Yeah. Wow, look at that crowd. Well, you got to remember, so this is 13 where. It's, I would like, imagine it's kind of in the middle. It's like a way, well, it's close to 17. So like they were able to bring some people over, but. It also helps that they're literally the only two on the course. So like anyone that's left is just going to go to these holes. <laughs> yeah. But if you're on 17, 18, you basically just stay. Yeah. Cause they have to play. That's the thing. It, it, this isn't sudden death. They have to play all. Three. They have to play all three. Yeah. Okay. So what do we got? Spin. That wind is uh, wind is whipping. All right. We got a wedge off. That is a great shot. JT's got about, what, eight feet? That's what it looks like from here. But eight feet's only a 50-50 May grade. Yeah. Shout out to Lou Stagner. I think he's coming up the hill and Mark Brody, <laughs> the creator of Strokes Gained. <laughs> he's, I, I love, uh, he's been on a tear recently, the Lou Stagner guy, being like, uh, just ripping on people. 
being like, oh, the average, the average PGA tour player hits the green from 150 yards, like 42% of the time or something, lower your expectations. Like he just, he just rips golfers on Twitter all like, like the common man golfer all the time. This is the thing though, because these people, so a lot of what he does is manage your expectations, manage your expectations. Yeah. So one of the stats last week was from 125 to 150 in the fairway. PGA tour player is just as likely to hit it outside of 31 feet than inside of 10 feet. Yeah. Everyone thinks that they just hit the, that they just hit the ball stiff and they don't. Right. And it gets even more fucked up when he does like from 20 yards in the rough, what the average proximity to the hole is. Cause everyone thinks it's like chipped to a kick in (laughs) feet, six feet. Yeah. Yeah. Could be more, could be eight feet. Like, and that's the thing. Like, everyone has has such fucking unrealistic expectations of what it all is. Actually, is Willie Z putting for Eagle right now? Oh, Oh, shit. Is he? Yeah, so he got home. It's a little further away. Yeah, he is putting for Eagle. Um, But that's what it comes down to all the time is people don't know what realistic expectations are for themselves. And again, they all think like, like people will still say shit. Like when he says, here are the PGA tour stats, they'll, people will still say, it's like, oh, well they play harder pins. So you should like, I can aim for them. And it's like, they play harder pins, but they're also severely more talented than you. Yeah. <laughs> it's equal. <laughs> like it, it equals out. Yeah. Okay. It's so like, I'll give you a little bit here. If it's a middle pin and you aim at the middle, fine. Because if you miss a little right and a little left, you didn't short right. side. Right. You're fine. You should be generally okay. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to hit to an uphill green, like a left pin over a bunker, and it's like, if you dump that ball in that bunker, you're fucking screwed because you're yeah. not good. And they are. <laughs> they get out of bunkers great, and uh, you do not. <laughs> but even then, like even, even out of a bunker, their like average proximity is not what you would think it is. Yeah. Like they don't hit it stiff out of the bunker all the time. Right. And that's why it's always so funny when the announcers are like, oh, great putt. Um, oh, I'm behind. You're seeing the future. Oh, I also said it while the ball was rolling, but you just putt it right now for me and okay. it just went in the cup. <laughs> All right. I'll shut up from now on. Um, it's like a seven second delay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, especially with golf, because then, so he also does some stuff too. And this like purposely ruffles feathers because there are no statistics on some of this stuff. But one thing he tries to encourage golfers to do is play an appropriate yardage. So most golfers don't look at scorecard yardage. They just go, Oh, I play blues or I play whites. And it's like, all right, well, if you come to Sharon country club, like our tees are 6,500 yards. We have one par five, one par three. So like you need to know what that is. Right. Like right. we have 6,000 yards without our par five. <laughs> like that's, 
pretty long. Yeah. Or uh, no, I guess it would be, sorry, that's only on one side. So five, nine, we have 5,500 without our power five, which is pretty long because some places have white tees that are only 5,500 long. Right. So it's like knowing shit like that. And then people are like, no, I think I'll play whatever tees I want to play because I want to enjoy the game. And if I want to enjoy it from the tips, I think I will. And it's like, how do you enjoy playing from the tips if you're going to shoot fucking a hundred like yeah just play up it's fun fucking fun like, yeah. what is fun about that yeah i don't know i don't get it i don't get that part you nuke a driver and still have like 250 yards into the pin it's like oh well, sick it's, it's like if i never played a competitive event why would i ever move back yeah because like why because i hate hitting the ball far and having birdie putts <laughs> yeah you're right i'd rather punch out of trees and make double like that doesn't make any sense yeah yeah and like for a lot of people if they're like 25 handicaps it's like why are you playing back and then never mind it's like he, he does it based off like yardage so it's like if your average carry is x you should be playing from wherever or if you hit a five iron this far you should be playing from wherever because some people have like algorithms and shit for that yeah and then never mind, he says he, he'll say something like that, and then he'll get eviscerated for it because all these people want all these qualifiers. Like he just puts it out there, and then people are like, well, I live in Denver, and we're at elevation, and the ball goes further. It's like, I'm going to play from 7,000. It's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> because your 7,000 is my 6,300. Right. It's fucking different. Yeah, I just pulled it up. It's, um, so if you hit your driver 225 yards, you should play between 58 and 6,000. If you hit it 250, you should play 62 to 6,400. And then if you hit it 275, you should hit it. You should play 67 to 6,900 yards. Which is pretty funny because you just said 250 was 62 to 6,400. Yep. So when I play shorter than that, it feels short. When I yep. play that it seems normal. Right. And when I play, Oh, JT on the green, let's fucking go. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's all right. I know what's going to happen. Oh, look at that. He's on the green. Woo-wee. Yeah. He fucking nailed it. Yeah. Um, and then when I play from like 68, it's like, I better have my fucking a game or else it's going to be a long day. Yeah. Yeah. And every fucking time. It, go, it goes like that every single fucking time. Every last time. You said Sharon is uh, 65? Oh, uh, yeah, 6,500. But again, we only have one par three and one par five. So when we play from the yellows... 6,000. It's 6,000? Oh, what do you know? And that's usually when I play pretty decent. Because <clears throat> I can... I mean, it's not it's not super consistent, but I would say... I can usually put the driver like 250. <clears throat> I mean, sometimes I can hit it 270. Have, so you would but... have to probably consider it. See, you're in a weird spot because you're probably right in between those two categories because it's average. Right, right. So like when you hit a squirrely one and it only goes two and a quarter, well, that kind of negates the one that hit the fairway bounce and went 260. So right, right. That's the only, yeah. like with, with driver, that's the only thing. 
I piped one today. I think it went to, it was like 267. It was just short of uh, 270. Well, the other thing <clears> too <throat> with, with Sharon is it forces, because this is the other thing, like when you're talking courses, it forces you to lay up on holes, but yeah. doesn't make it, but it's still not easy. Like, it's like when a creek runs through the third hole and everyone kind of hits it to the same area. Well, everyone still has to hit that approach shot up to the green. It's right. not the approach. So it's right. like, oh, the hole's only 320. It's like, yeah, but you can't hit driver. Yeah. Like, you got to pull it back and it's got to be good. And if it's not, then you still have to hit hundred yards, but it goes straight up the hill. It's usually wind at you. If yeah. Pins are in awful spots and the green is the fucking worst. <laughs> that green does suck. Yeah. They got it. I don't know. They got to do something about it. They're talking about redesigning it, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, they're in a, uh, 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 what the fuck it's called commercial break. So do you want to uh you want to start wrapping this up? Yeah, we can wrap this up. So we, we got a uh, we got a how a sausage is made uh, moment here because we are doing two episodes tonight because we have Memorial Day weekend next weekend and uh, we got shit going on. So uh yeah, we'll do two episodes now. We'll finish this one up. We'll uh, take a pee break and then we will come back for a part two. But your part two will be on Thursday. So <laughs> the next hour that we spend, you guys will have to wait like three days to hear it. So uh, let's, uh, let's wrap. Oh, actually, before we wrap this up, did Zalatoris get on the green too? Uh, no, he's okay. alive, but he was flirting with a hazard line. Uh, okay. All right. Well, got a final thought? Yeah. So I've had this in here for a little bit and... Someone asked me because he was, he's trying to get into bourbon. So they always ask, blah, 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 whatever. So I made a little, I made a little roadmap for how to get into bourbon for anyone that's interested. And number one is the way people generally have to start is you probably have to go on the rocks. Now I drink it neat. I like it neat. I don't like it on the rocks. Um, Same but you probably have to start that way. You probably have to start with some ice just to take the fucking heat off. Now, some people use like droppers and they add water to their stuff. I never really got into that. Um, it just wasn't something I was interested in. Plus I just, I don't know. I, I I've never felt the need to do it no. on, on some like really high proof stuff. It might help. Um, but I'm talking like, 130 proof and you know dropping like like an eye dropper and i'm talking like three drops of water, yeah yeah something like that yeah um so that might be like the first strategy is you know start with the rocks work your way towards knee take it away you know add a little bit of water whatever kind of needs to happen and then from there my goal or my recommendation always is figure out the basics so the basics should cost somewhere between like 30 and 40 bucks. If it's less than, or like 28 to 40, if it's yeah. less than that, I probably wouldn't bother because if you're sitting there like, ah, oh, Jim Beam's tough to drink. It's like, yeah, because Jim Beam sucks. Yeah. Jim Beam is fucking terrible. Like, 
I would not bother with that. It's the Ruben. It's the Ruben off of bourbons. I would also make sure that you are drinking bourbon and not drinking Tennessee whiskey because sometimes Tennessee whiskey tastes like charcoal or bananas, depending on where your fucking flavor's at, because it's not the same. Yeah. So that means so my basics for you to master are Knob Creek, Makers, or Larceny. You can pick. But those are both weeded bourbon, so you gotta you gotta you gotta get used to like one or the other. Most people don't like makers full on, so try larceny, whatever. Uh, yeah, I like larceny. I don't like makers. If so, my the one caveat, like I I agree with you earlier that I I don't drink bourbon on the rocks. But if I'm gonna get makers, I have to get makers on the rocks. Like I can't drink makers neat. I, I just don't enjoy it. Now some people like it, so whatever it is, what it is. Um, but those are weeded bourbons they're a little less powerful um they could potentially come out as sweeter so you should get used to drinking those at some point um then i would go for either a bullet or a four roses those are gonna be your higher rye bourbons so they're gonna be a little bit spicier they might bring a little bit more heat to the to the to the party so either one, I think is fine. I personally like four roses better. Um, but like entry level, it kind of doesn't matter. And then I would also get used to Woodford because out of the like the basic basics, Woodford's generally regarded as like the best of the basics. I would agree with that. As Yeah, as far as like considered, like considering um, what you can find at a bar right yeah so if you if you go to a bar chances are they'll have oh. three. you already you saw it <laughs> which one did you just see willie z oh you just gave it away that means jt missed a putt too you what said day? which one? Oh no does he miss another one what 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 putt did you just watch willie z just missed his uh missed his birdie putt yes yeah, so we just tapped in yeah tapped in for par yeah, Justin Thomas is putting for birdie right now. Yeah. Oh, wait, see, when you said which one did you see, I was yeah, like, oh, no, they both missed. <laughs> well, Justin Thomas left his eagle putt, like, way short. Um, yeah, so, like, if you go to any bar, usually there's some permutation of knob, makers, bullet, Woodford, generally speaking. Yes. I'm not missing one. I'm, like, those are generally, like, the... Those are, like, okay. the three staples. Yeah, like like three makers. You said makers. Yeah, make makers, knob, bullet, and Woodford. Yeah, those four. Generally speaking, those are your like standard standards. Yep. Um, but I gave I gave you a couple caveats. Like, if you don't want makers, or if you try it and don't like it, try larceny because larceny is the same profile, um, but it tastes a little bit better. And then again, same with four roses. Like, I wouldn't just drink the bullet orange label. I would, I would try not to, um, I would rather drink four roses. Yeah. I don't like bullet, but I do like four roses. Yeah. And they're similar. So, or they're similar make, but you know, it ends up being different. So like, that's what I mean. There's the categorically, they're the same, but they're not the same bourbon. Which I blame bullet for the reason why I've always thought that I didn't like rise. Because you don't like bullet rye. Because I don't, I hate bullet rye with a pat. Like that's something like if I drink it, I'll, I will literally spit it out. Yeah. Bullet rye, I don't think is very good. Uh, Also, ryes are not bourbon. They are ryes. 
Yeah. But I've had uh, a, I've had a rye before, or I've had bourbons that are high rise and I actually don't hate them, but I've always had it in my head. Like, oh, I don't like rice. Yeah. Because my experience with bullet rye had made me absolutely fucking hate it. Yep. Um, so once you are going to, once you decide that you're going to move beyond the basics, I would start messing around with some bottled and bond stuff. So you can get bottled and bond, which is, uh, it has to meet certain criteria in order for it to be bottled and bond, like way back in the day, bottled and bond was because people were fucking making their own whiskey. And this shit was actually coming from the government, like controlled, whatever. So I would try ball and bond because it's, it's very controlled and it has to meet certain criteria. Can't, they can't get too creative with it. Um, and you can get that with almost any major brand like 1792, um, Evan Williams. Uh, what's the, um, we're not, what's the one with the three different colors this and they're the years it's oh, like nine the 19 oh yeah old forest so yeah the 1920 yeah, like, like the 1890 yeah um but the bald and bonds they're all 100 proof they have to be 100 proof no more no less have to be so then right. that's how you can start moving into like a little bit higher proofage because all of those other ones are going to be a lot closer to like 90 or so yeah um whoop justin thomas holding on All right, stay in. I know we stayed um, in because you told me, but we're good. <laughs> no, actually, I so that ball was in the air when I said that. Oh, I can't help myself. Okay, so once you mess around with some bottle and bonds, and you have a brand that you like out of the basics, then I am moving to single barrels in ten years. So, single barrel is whatever bottles get produced uh they come from one barrel at a time as opposed to something that could be batched and mixed and whatever this is where things start to get a little bit higher proof um you start to get stronger flavors and this is actually where you might actually figure out what you like a little bit more now, the reason you don't start with this stuff is, again, it's higher test. So you got to get used to actually drinking bourbon before you get into yeah. this stuff. Um, yeah, you can't just pull like a uh, stag junior as your first fucking. No, bourbon. well, either way, we're not even, we're not we're not even there yet. But um, but you could find like a single barrel. What, what like what's Knob Creek single barrel? First of all, it's 50 bucks a bottle. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like a hundred and five or so something like that uh 120 no, 120 it is a one regular regular knob is 100 okay so knob creek single not only is it going to cost you 50 bucks it's going to be a buck 20 in proof no percent sorry yeah no proof 120 proof, proof yeah jesus christ um <laughs> yeah it's over 100 percent alcohol um <laughs> And you might not even know if you like it. So you got to kind of like build your way up to that. Um, my, my two favorites obviously are Eagle rare and McKenna in that category. McKenna is also a bottle and bond, but it is a 10 year yeah. unless they got rid of the fucking label. But um, I like those two, those two are always solid and you know, it's really fucking hard to go wrong with those. 
Yeah. Hey, Henry McKenna is my number one. It won both times in our, yep. our blind taste test. And then finally, you get to barrel proof. Barrel proof is very high test stuff. It's very expensive stuff. It's very flavorful. You don't want to ice this stuff down. You could maybe add a couple drops of water. I'm not a drop of water guy, but you could do it here. Theoretically, you don't want to get barrel proof stuff until you're fucking ready for it because it'll fucking burn through your nose. It'll be very unenjoyable. It's going to be awful. <laughs> so if you are interested in getting into bourbon because you want to and you haven't hit the basics first, then you can move to bottled and bond. Then you can move to single barrels in 10 years. That's when stuff starts to get a little more expensive. And then finally you get barrel proof. And that's the stuff that should not be taken lightly. I like it. I get all this bourbon talk. I think I'm going to pour myself a bourbon in our, uh, our halftime here. There you go. Come back, take a pee, pour a bourbon. I take my contacts out because my eyes are fucking dry. I get the fan cranking in here because this, uh, we don't, there's that, obviously the AC is not going on in here. Um, our second floor, we just have the stand up, the stand up, uh, air conditioner that we had back in Mansfield. Yep. Um, that's in the, the window up against like the, the wall on the neighbor house side. And, uh, it's, it's cranking on high and it, the best it can do right now is 77, but, um, 77 is a lot better than the fucking 93, whatever it was outside today. So we got to shut, we like, we shut this door, we shut the bathroom door, the laundry room, the, the spare bedroom, like all the doors are shut and we got an AC in our bedroom, but that's like around the corner, like down the hallway. So that's doesn't really do anything. But uh, I think what we're going to have to do is end up getting another AC or so I'm going to put, I'm going to have to get like a 12,000 BTU AC for the living room and then take the stand up one and put it in this room on that window over there. And then the two of them going together should be able to do the whole second floor uh, to like actually cold, not like just slightly less hot. <laughs> no, you don't want cold though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so my, uh, my final thought is going to be um, about the good old meth heads down by, uh, but that meth is, uh, I guess, I mean, methadone, the methadone heads, not meth as in methamphetamines, um, down on Mass Ave in Boston. Dude, they so, don't methadone. I don't think that clinic's even open. Oh, yeah. They don't go. Well, that's where they hang out. They get food and shit right there. I think it's a shelter and whatever they're it is. Mostly just they're mostly just still on fucking heroin and smoking crack. Yeah. Well, people are going in and out of there. So I was there yesterday and Friday. I had to work yesterday, um, do a move for the the hospital BMC. I guess I can just say it because there's literally only one hospital that's right there. Uh, so a quick Google search is going to tell you who it is, but we had to move them from one building, like across the street and down a little bit. And it was like the main building. And then it's like the methadone clinic. And then next to that is the building we moved them into, or like across the street from that technically is the new building we moved them into. So I was working yesterday and I had to walk back and forth a couple of times and like, holy shit, you want to talk about like some fucking entertainment, um, I was there on Friday too. I think I sent 
the the Snapchat video to the to our group thing, there was the guy that was uh like punching the fucking street sign, like he was like Rocky or something. And then before that, he was doing like box jumps, like up onto like the fucking like the wall, like a, a brick wall. He yeah, was like he's, ju- he's doing open. box jumps. He was trying to uh, he was trying to balance on top of the fire hydrant for a little while. It was great. It was great entertainment. Um, I called him Meth Man because then at one point he just disappeared. So it was like, well, he got called to like you know go save the day or something. So he's he's Meth Man. Um, and at one point there was so a building next to or one of the BMC buildings I think was giving out free ice cream. Well. Who do you think was all the people that went to go get free ice cream? <laughs> Crackheads? Yep. Yep. So there's quite a bit of them out there. Uh, it's like, there, yeah, you want to talk about like zombie land and some fucking craziness. At one point I said to, you know, the girl I was, that I work with, and I was like, I'm honestly kind of envious of like this guy who like the meth man guy. Cause I was like, he probably thinks he lives an amazing life. Like he probably actually thinks he's a superhero right now. He's like punching the street sign and like doing box jumps. Like he's happy. Like he's content, right? Like he's cooked out of his mind, but like, he's in a good space. I'm like, Hey man, like good for him. Like, you know, I wish I could be that oblivious to the world and think I was some kind of superhero or something, but, but yeah, they cleaned up the whole area. They took out all the tents. Uh, all the tents are gone. Methadone Mile is basically no more. Um, and then one of the guys should have went further down. So, you know where, like, so if you're coming from South Bay, that's Southampton. Yep. And then before we get to, I think it turns directly into Mass Ave. Yeah. Like down there on the right, I'll do the actions. There's like that one intersection where there's like five fucking streets and no one knows what to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's the action still over there. Yeah. Well, so that's a, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. The the guy from the moving company that I was talking to said that yeah, they they basically cleaned up Methadone Mile, but now um, crime in the area has gone up like seventy percent. And I go, yeah, I mean, what did they expect was going to happen? They were like, get rid of all the tents, and the people were going to be like, oh no, they got rid of the tent. Guess I have to quit doing drugs and go get a job. <laughs> like, no, yeah. they're they're just going to fucking go commit crime. And I was like, as much as it sucks, right, that you see like a tent city on Methadone Mile, like they're at least there, like chilling, hanging out, like not bothering anybody. Well, now they can't chill and hang out anymore. So guess what? Now they're going to go bother people. And that's how crime increases and all that shit. And I guess he also told me that um, now Boston Common is pretty bad. Really? Yeah. So they all got kicked out of there and they all went and relocated to the Common. So, I mean, like I said, too, like, what, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? Like, did you really think that, like, getting rid of their shit was going to, like I said, make them be like, oh, I guess I got to go get a job. <laughs> no. See, that's the thing is because outside Michaela's office, which is a little away from, not, not far, like, not far by any means, but it's, it's away from, like, where the real spot was. And they like started to migrate there and they fucking kicked them out of there. But that's because I thought they were trying to concentrate it all back to. Yeah. Um, back to the original spot. Cause well, they're not going anywhere. That's the thing. They're not going anywhere. They, they all have somewhere to go. 
right. they don't want to because right. you got to play by other people's rules and they're not interested in that that part of it. Right. And there's a whole thing um, that Michael Schellenberger um, wrote a book, um, San, Francisco, San Francisco, uh, that was pretty good. And he talks about this, like how to actually fix like the homeless problem. And just kicking them out of the area that they live in isn't going to solve the problem because they're just going to disperse and go other areas. Like he talks about how like you need to provide them with like somewhere to live. You need to provide them with actual rehabilitation. Like you can't just be like, get the fuck out of here. And then think that they're just going to like figure life out on their own because up until this point, they've been unable to figure out life on their own. So you taking away their tent isn't going to fucking change anything. If you move them, it'll change. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They'll be a little bit inconvenienced. So now they'll stop doing drugs. Like, no, you're fucking, you guys are stupid. Yeah. But we don't want to look at it. It's an eyesore. Okay. Well then give them somewhere to live, right? Like provide them with a shelter, like provide them with like actually get them involved in like some sort of rehabilitation program where like maybe they, you know, they work two days a week, you know, until they can take clean tests and you know what I mean? Like, actually like rehab them and help them become real people again. Like, don't just be like, Oh yeah, no, you guys can't live here anymore. You, we got to get rid of your tents. Uh, the only thing, because the, again, the one main problem is there is somewhere for them all to go, but they got to be sober. That's, that's the one hindrance right now. All right. JT just Winner. won. Winner. 14 to one. I told you he was going to be the one that wins. <laughs> Let's just go right here. Yep. Uh, f- <laughs> fires off bet on Will Zalatoris for the U.S. Open. Has he won the PGA before? Who, JT? Yeah. Yeah, he won in 2017. Is he a... Uh a one-off for the career grand slam guy, or is he, those are his only two majors. Okay. PGA twice. Damn it. Will Zalatoris 31. He's fallen. He should have fired it off at 35. (laughs) Well, once it loads, it's in. I'll take him at 31 right now. Yep. I got it. Let's go to golf. Don't forget mybookie.com. Promo code SarcasmPod doubles your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. As I'm trying to fire this bet off. And right, Justin well, Thomas dropped from fifteen fifty to fourteen twenty five for the U.S. Open, but I don't want yeah. him. Yeah. No thanks. Uh, all right. So that is going to do it for us for uh, the first half here. We're going to take a break. We're going to reload and uh, get what we got to get done, and then uh, we'll be back. So, uh, thank you to grillyourassoff.com. Uh, use the same promo code over there, sarcasm pod, uh, gets you 15% off your entire order. Every single time you check out, uh, you can find us on Instagram <clears throat> at sarcasm speaks pod or on Twitter at sarcasm underscore speaks. This is going to be good. I'm losing my voice. Second episode is going to go great. Uh, Facebook page is sarcasm speaks. The website is sarcasmspeaks.com. Um, like, rate, subscribe, give us a thumbs up if you're on YouTube. Uh, tell everybody you know about the show, spread the word, help us get famous. 
Uh, and until next time, uh, good night, everyone.